Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Man, it feels so good to have support from the audience on what we're doing. I just want to take a special moment with Brandon to shout out Muti Banda and Paul Miller Jr. for contributing the insane level to help us get close to our goal. We're so close to our goal that I could probably put some pocket change in the jar to push us over the edge to reach level two, which would get us a couple of new microphones and start us on level three. Uh, Brandon, why don't you jump in and tell these good folks about what we're doing on Patreon? So Patreon is something we just started, uh, and the response has been more than uh, satisfactory, right? So we have our <laughs> awesome patrons that helped us get over the lump of uh, level one, which is keeping Seriously. the lights on, right? So we're paying for websites, hosting basic stuff, but now we're almost almost there with level two uh we're trying to sound sexier we're trying to sound more professional we're almost as you can say more than a hobbyist right we're, we're kind of professional now so let us get there with your help go to our uh patreon page which is patreon.com forward slash gain death unchained any help is appreciated or if you can't remember that find it through our website which is www.gamedevunchained.com. Yeah. Uh, also, in addition for trying to build up our community, trying to get you guys talking to us more, our Discord channel can be found on top of our website. Uh, so if you have the chance, please visit our website and join our Discord and talk with all the yep. fans and listeners. Talk with the fans, talk with the listeners, but also talk to us because every now and then we're going to jump in there and answer questions directly from the audience, take take interview suggestions, uh, question suggestions, fast five questions, whatever you want to do, drop it in there. That's how we're going to you know, reach out to the audience and interact with them. So if you want to be a part, a real part of Game Dev Unchained, definitely hit the Patreon and join the Discord and keep in touch. Also, when you get the chance, please check our partner, AD.LV, for news articles and techniques, such as True Sky, Making Skies Alive, where they talk with the developers of True Sky about the way their plugin helps to build some amazing weather effects in real-time scenes. Also, learn to work with procedural assets. Saber Lassie talked about some of the very cool things you can create with Houdini and use it inside your game. So be sure to go over there, give it a like, and enjoy the article. All right, let's just get back into it. Boys and girls all over the city, state, country, globe, galaxy, hemisphere, whatever geographical location you happen to be while listening to this this is the game dev unchained podcast this is the number one podcast for game development and the lifestyle of game developers nonetheless if you don't know me my name is larry charles and with me i have this week helping me co-host the show he's ricky the dragon steamboat stunt double mr brandon fam what's up guys this is brandon fam welcome to this week's episode bringing a special guest this week he has two names, first and last, but I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Theraka. Hey, up, guys. Theraka? How's, How's it going? going man? 
Very good. Thanks for having me. Of course, dude. Thanks for coming on, man. Uh, so this is at the point of the podcast where I ask, what's up with your resume and experience? Just to give the audience and listeners a, an idea where you're coming from. All right. Um, well, mostly I have an indie background. Uh, I've been making uh, games uh, for fun and also to release on different app stores. Uh, so I have uh, two games released on uh, both app stores. Um, and well, right now I'm actually working on um, in a uh, studio, game studio in uh, downtown LA. So that being a uh, indie game dev actually helped me, you know, get that job. So um, things are uh, going well. Awesome, man. Yeah. Like the people that I've been meeting lately have been, a lot of indie developers and uh it, it's something for me like uh you know I, I would hear about it i come from the triple a side of things and you know I'm, I'm trying to go more indie nowadays uh because you know honestly working for yourself working by yourself is attractive uh so how how did you get into that so well basically uh well first i was actually developing a 3d game uh called inferno speed that's actually on Steam. It got greenlit when the greenlit pro, uh, greenlight program was uh, active. Um, yes. So it's actually greenlit right now. Uh, I just need to actually you know, finish the game. It's actually made with a different game engine called uh, Actnex uh, 8. Um, it's basically using C++. Uh, it's a C++-based um, game engine. Um, so it was actually an in-depth game, but uh, obviously it's really hard to do uh, by myself, mm -hmm. uh, PC game where, you know, there's so many features to add and things like that. So it, since it's taken too uh, long to finish, what I did was I wanted to uh, actually learn a new language or a new uh, game engine that would help me out with, um, you know, developing, developing the game much quicker uh, than with the older uh, game engine that I was using. So uh, then I started, you know, using Unity. Uh, that I believe it was Unity three and then four and so on. Mm -hmm. So I made a simple game and added new features to it. And then, um, so I did actually got uh, maybe well, I was able to make two games for uh, using Unity, and those are the ones that are actually doing uh, well on the um, somewhat well on the uh, app stores. So what was the name of that first game engine you used again? It's called Acnex 8. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't even heard of 1 through 7. <laughs> yeah. That's really tough. Holy That's a programmer's name. Awesome. Does it have any yeah. special meaning or in code? Um, I, no, actually, it's sort of like Unity, but really old. Mm. Uh, it's out of date. Mm. So, uh, <laughs> But it has... Uh, full control uh, over the engine. You can use C++ and, uh, you know, make everything possible. But it's really cumbersome using their tools. It's a bit outdated. Uh, so that's why I wanted to, uh, you know, get into Unity and then make games. And before we go into your career as far as the indie stuff that you made, I just kind of want to go into your engine evaluation. Did you look at other engines before you kind of went with Unity or did you just well, um, go straight to Unity? Well, what I was looking for in Unity was how easy it can be uh, to make a game um, and to release on different platforms. Okay. As an indie, um, to make uh, you know uh, some kind of revenue, you need to sure. actually sell it on uh, mobile platforms. 
rather than PC because uh, for PC uh, it's kind of hard to uh, you know yeah. uh, get you know get the game out. For example. Okay, so you went straight to Unity because you kind of already knew, or you know what I mean? Like, I guess what was your thought behind looking for that new engine the day you decided that you wanted to learn a new engine? I was actually, uh, you know, checking out some videos, uh, like games that were created uh, from Unity, um, oh, okay. by Unity. So they actually fit my uh, kind of needs, um, like at least uh, graphically, and okay. uh, how, e how easy it seems um, to, you know, make a game, quick game. Oh, yeah. Did you go through uh, college, or are you completely self-taught with game development? Uh, well, um, I went to UCLA and I studied electrical engineering. Uh, and well, I, before that, I went to Santa Monica College. Mm -hmm. um, I was studying computer science, so that actually helped me out with programming uh, knowledge. Mm -hmm. But most of the Unity stuff, it's all uh, self-taught. Mm -hmm. um, and Anything to do with actually game development, it's all self-taught, including artwork and all that stuff that I uh, created for all the games that I uh, made. Has it always been uh, a thing that you uh, wanted to do as a career, or, or was it one of those hobby things that became a career for you? Uh, well, actually, I wanted it to be a career. At the same time, it was a, a hobby, too, because I'm actually a huge gamer. I play mm -hmm. all sorts of games, and I always wanted to actually um, uh, make a game that would, you know, um, something that I would actually like to design and then, uh, you know, develop. So I always wanted to actually make a game that I'd like. Mm -hmm. so one, of the, one of the most elusive things to me uh, as an indie developer, and nowadays it seems more common than not that uh, a person just having um, something like Unity, self-taught, get in the industry by making their own indie game and i'm guessing most of the uh just interaction with other developers are through community driven events because that to me is uh the most would be the most difficult like just getting in touch with others uh like-minded developers and and kind of getting into that world uh besides sitting at home on your computer all day you know what i mean yeah definitely um that's actually one of the things I missed uh, while uh, developing, you know, uh, a game as indie dev because I was working on everything, and <laughs> I mean everything, mm -hmm. including artwork, making sounds, you know, getting the assets and things like that. And right now, actually, I'm working on a um, well with a game studio um, full time, um, and I see the difference from being indie and uh, you know, working as a well team player, pretty much. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. that actually helps out a lot because you don't have to do everything. So there's always someone you can you know get help for, uh, from and always collaborate with other guys. That always helps. So that's something I actually missed uh, uh, when I was actually a indie game dev. Oh, so I guess where I wanted to go with the questioning as far as the indie stuff is, is like you started out going indie. Like, did you think to get a job first or, you know, did you well, know uh, for sure? Like, yeah, I want to do it my own way. Well, first, um, well, before uh, my being an indie, I was working uh, full time. Um, okay. And then I actually wanted to, you know, make a game and see how it, you know, uh, goes. Um, it actually um did do well uh throughout the you know few years i was actually uh being a uh an indie dev mm -hmm. um but then to be you know 
to be realistic, um, you need to actually, you know, have some kind of a good revenue mm-hmm. in order to be a full-time indie dev. Mm-hmm. So it's not as easy as it, it sounds, unfortunately, because there's so many games out there and uh, it's kind of uh, very difficult unless you have some kind of like marketing help and things like yeah. that. But fortunately for me, my second game is actually doing quite well. Um, it's um, it's much better than the games that I previously made. and um, I guess revenue-wise, um, it's actually doing okay, uh, but still not enough to you know just be a game in you know indie dev. But uh, with being full time and working as a game you know indie dev, it's still you know it kind of helps. What would you say the biggest difference between the first and second game? Uh, well, the first, this. yeah, the first game is actually something that I wanted to make uh, using Unity, mm-hmm. um, so I. Basically, it was simple as moving something from point A to point B. Um, so I wanted to, so I can actually, what I wanted to know was how, how the game engine works or um, like what can I do with the game engine, like UI, wise, and, you know, things like uh, using the UI, uh, 3D objects and things like that, mm-hmm. and how to play sounds and all that stuff how to move things, how to play uh, effects, and so on. Mm-hmm. So with that first game, it uh, got me introduced to all that features in Unity. Mm-hmm. So uh, that game is actually a train game. So what, so b- the basic idea of that game is um, you start in, in a um, single station, mm-hmm. and then you can pick uh, different carts or different um, uh, engines and stuff like that. And then uh, you can you know, take them to different destinations to, um, and, you know, make gold pretty much. Uh, and then with that, you can upgrade the train and so on. Um, and you're asking the difference between that game and my, the latest one, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, and the latest, latest one is actually a clicker game. I think I haven't actually seen anything like that on the app store. It's basically a train game also, mm-hmm. but um, instead of um, things dying, it's just that you tap and um, a train would actually move from one station to the other and you can add more cards to gain uh, gold uh, and upgrade your train engine and add um, engineers and then they have skills and things like that with their skills you know you can make the, uh, the train move faster and uh, you know rain gold <laughs> things like that well you mentioned the like second game that. being more successful than the first one are, are there like methodology or do you just have a, a bigger fan base by the second game or are you just a smarter person by the time you <laughs> you know like what what made it more successful um i think the clicker genre itself uh helped me out a little mm-hmm. and at the same time it's got all the social features like social sharing mm. and in-app purchases, uh, you know, and using ads and things like that. So everything together, it kind of made it a much better game, uh, at least uh, revenue-wise. Mm-hmm. So take me through the first game. Why did you decide that you wanted to make a train game versus something that might have been a little more popular at the time? Uh, I guess um, well, one thing is I definitely like trains. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the other thing is uh, it's something easier to make that at least uh, at that at that time, that's how I felt. It's something that's kind of easier to make. Uh, you just have one engine and one car and so on. It's very easy to grasp also. Um, it's just that 
what a train moving from one station to the other. But the thing was, it was kind of boring because there's nothing happening, at, at least at first. Mm -hmm. uh, then what I did was I added a, another feature where as the train moves, there's like um, gems and things on the, uh, on the tracks. So you just have to press the correct uh, color button. So there's like three color buttons, um, red, um, I believe red, yellow, and green. Mm -hmm. and the mixtures so basically if you press two colors then it you get the mixture uh, mixture mm -hmm. color for example mm -hmm. um red uh, and blue would be purple and things like that okay the reason why i ask is i know there's a lot of indie developers who probably have a good idea for a game but they may feel like it's a little out there right uh, i'm sure a lot of indie developers may struggle with the idea of making money right away and may want to kind of lean into a genre or uh, like for example, match three, like I'm going to make a match three game or I'm going to make a candy crush clone, or I'm going to make a, like an action game. Whereas you're like, Hey, I just have a unique idea and game mechanics that I believe in. I guess what advice do you have for other people who maybe, you know, just doubling down on their own idea, regardless of seeing other types of games proven profitable and taking the risk on their own, which may or may not be profitable. Um, well, as a well, in, well, an indie game developer who's starting out, I think the best thing to do is some, you know, make something that you like to make, rather than do a clone. But uh, at the same time, there's actually two two sides to it. Uh, okay. If you make a clone and uh, if you piggyback on something that's popular, um, you can definitely, you know, uh, you know, make some money, assuming that you know you have all the enough purchases and things like that added to the game. But on the other hand, since you're a beginner, uh, I'm assuming it's a, a beginner. Uh, if you're a beginner, then you want to make something that you like rather than trying to copy something else. Mm -hmm. um, so if you have a great idea, might as well, you know, just start with that and try to uh, cut as many features as possible, but still make your own game rather than copying something else. But And on the other side, if you actually copy something that's already out there, uh, there might be a chance of you getting more revenue, but yeah. um, so maybe you can actually do that and then start making revenue and then use that money to, you know, um, make your own game later on. And the big question for me then is also, I look at the credits for both games and it says the Raka and the Raka. So if you go into indie development by yourself, Reno, where's the conscious decision in doing that? Were you, you didn't want to work with other people or were you just, you knew that you had the skills to do everything? Because I think that key of advice that you may give to answer what I'm asking you will help a lot of people as well. There's probably a lot of people who are like, I can do this myself and I'm going to do this myself. And you can be a test case of success. Like, hey, you can actually develop independent games by yourself. You know, is there like, what's your, how do you speak on that to people who are interested in doing independent game development alone? Well, um, if it's a hobby, then uh, you can definitely, you know, do it by yourself. But if you, if it, if it's realistic, if you really want to make money and things like that, uh, then I would recommend to, you know, uh, get a group, have friends uh, that who, who are willing to, you know, sacrifice their time and, um, you know, be a team and then, you know, start working together because that will actually uh, make things, you know, uh, faster and smoother. And right. there's always the case where, you know, you will get stuck uh, at some point. And with the team, there's always someone to, you know, uh, we can ask and, you know, there's always support. So 
uh, that will definitely speed things up. Okay. Yeah. I appreciate that. You sound to me like a very logical and structured person. So were there like, (laughs) before you decided to go on this journey to be an indie developer, which is like open waters, right? Um, Did you put yourself in, in a schedule where you were like, all right, I'll try this out for one year. It has to meet these or is it, strictly like uh uh i'm gonna keep doing this until i die because i love doing it and everything else i do is to support this this idea that you know the more indie games that i develop the better i get uh well um actually what i did was i took like you said i took uh about two years off uh and then i you know developed uh a few games and and then I actually wanted to see whether you know they would be successful or if it's uh, realistic mm-hmm. in order to you know make a living off it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like um, at least towards the end, it, um, I started you know making some revenue, uh, which is good. Um, but at the same time, it was still not enough. Mm-hmm. But by that time, I have enough. I had enough experience to actually work for a, a game studio. Mm-hmm. So that was actually a pretty good positive thing. So. Even if you start as a uh, indie game dev, there's always the option you can, you know, move on to a studio or work for a bigger company. Which of your projects would you say has the most downloads? Um, I believe they're about the same. So they're oh. um, they have about 150,000 downloads. Mm-hmm. Damn, uh, both games. Damn, um, damn, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, but the most, uh, well, the recent one, uh, for some reason, it's actually doing a lot better than the other one. Um, I'm guessing that's because the genre itself, the clicker, it's pretty addicting. Um, mm. And there's actually lots of uh, positive feedback too. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess so it's how, just the genre itself. How did you get the word out to 150,000 people twice? Well, As a one-man oh, yeah, show, here, here's yeah. the thing. So any game, indie game dev, uh, this is what my um, advice is. So as an indie uh, uh, game dev, uh, you would actually need more than one game, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, and what you need to do is actually uh, cross-market your own games within uh, your, your other games, basically. Mm-hmm. So I'm actually using uh, Google AdMob. Uh, so they have a really nice tool uh, where you can market your own other stuff like other games. So um, that actually helped a lot because you can actually see how many people clicked on it and how many people downloaded mm-hmm. your other games and things like that. So that helps out a lot getting um, you know, shown on, uh, well, at least uh, becoming more um, popular, I guess. And also the other thing is using Facebook uh, share uh, feature where lots of people are actually sharing the game uh, within the game. So if you, can actually add that uh, feature that would help out your game a lot too. Oh, nice. What's on the plate for you next? It sounds like you have a game in development. Are there any details you want to share with the audience? Because I'm actually intrigued by your story, man. I want to see how far you go. Well, uh, the next option, um, well, there's a few options actually. Um, my, the game that actually I'm, you know, that's more successful, what I can do is, uh, you know, keep making updates to it and see how far that would go. And the other thing is to, um, you know, just get that uh, framework. Since I'm an indie, uh, well, at least, uh, well, not right now, but um, 
if I were to actually do up some other game as an indie, uh, then what I would need to do is just get something that I've already made and uh, make it better. Because mm. otherwise, uh, if I wanted to make something uh, brand new again, you know, that might take a lot longer than, you know, uh, how much time I have, for example. So uh, what I would do is just um, get the successful um, framework and then make a similar game um, and keep adding, you know, the games to my list pretty much. Okay. So train games on the way out from Daraka. <laughs> well, make make the train game into something else. For example, trucks. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, gotcha. Oh, see, see, there you go. That's smart. Change the, the paint. Well, <laughs> exactly. Well, how was the initial push? Like you, you, you know, having a good game is half the half the challenge, and the other half is like, all right, letting people know. So, of course, now that you're you're successful at that, that took a while. What were the peaks and valleys to get there that you can clearly highlight? Like, all right, this this gave me the uh, the 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 snowball effect of of finally getting there. Were there a particular was there a particular moment that that happened? Um, well, I don't know whether it's luck mm. or <laughs> whether it's um, all the features that I mentioned before. But definitely there were times like every uh, well, beginning of every month or so, there's a huge peak. Uh, you can see like number of downloads per day are like around 1,000, mm-hmm. so, which was a huge uh, thing, at least at first. And then then I guess it's just like a chain effect. Uh, if you get 5,000 downloads and at least 10, 20% will share the game, uh, depending if you had made a good game or at least something that's actually uh, working as intended or um, smooth, mm-hmm. pretty smooth. Mm-hmm. So um, maybe that might have uh, done it, um, but still, at, it's at like hundred fifty thousand download mark. So it's actually improving. Like I'm getting like close to two thousand downloads a day right now, Damn. which is um, I'm, I'm happy with it. <laughs> It, I'm happy for you. <laughs> and it's just like everything that you were mentioning you were the Google AdWords, the uh, the Facebook sharing. It's just people are just talking to each other or at least seeing it within your game. That's just right. It it's basically that um, share feature. What it does is it can post a uh, link to your own ga- your game, basically. So they can just uh, click on that button and then it'll share the link to your game. So then their friends will see it and so on. So it's like a chain effect. All right, so I've got to ask the big money question and feel free to answer or deflect. But uh, I'm assuming you have worked with in-app purchases in your game? That's true. <laughs> okay, okay. So here's the big question. What is the, the biggest in-app purchase the Matter Games has pulled in? You mean per purchase? Or, or like has someone spent like 100 bucks, like 99.99 or you know well, what I mean? Uh, yeah, uh, the maximum... Uh, well, the in-game currency that I'm actually selling is um, it's a $99 value, uh, like a gem pack or a gold pack. Mm-hmm. So actually, there were uh, quite a bit of, uh, you know, sales. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes, Taraka. So I'm so happy that... for you. <laughs> yeah, so happy for you. <laughs> That's insane. Oh, man. I'm so... Dude. So I'm coming well, from the other spectrum, right? I'm so cheap. 
Like I, <laughs> I don't spend any money. I'm like the wor- your worst customer. So like anything above a buck that you would spend for extra purchase, extra content, I've never done right. it myself. It's just like I still, I get it, but my me myself, I'm still impressed when people drop ninety nine dollars, you know, in, in the on an app game. Right. Uh, well. That you know, the second game I made, you know, it did have it does have a uh, like a leaderboard, leaderboard mm-hmm. uh, where um, there's like a ladder. So I guess most people want to get things faster, mm. uh, just um, see how far they can go. Uh, so I guess with you know, in-app purchases, you know, it makes things faster. Mm-hmm. For that's mm. that's like the common trend for many games. Uh, you can make things, you know, faster. Uh, appeal, you know, easily. appeal to the yeah. lazy rich people. <laughs> <laughs> Just let them keep buying stuff from you. That's cool, man. But yeah. uh, the the cool thing is though, uh, I've been actually made. I made more money using the ads than in app purchases. Mm. So I'm using um, uh, full uh, the full screen ads. Uh, so that actually uh, bring. You, more revenue than in that purchases for me. So does the ad, so explain to me because I'm still foreign to the idea with in-game ads. So does it work whenever someone just sees it or does it work only when they click on it to bring in um, revenue? How, how does that work? I guess uh, it depends on the type of the ad. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, there are, for example, um, certain ads will pay you uh, per thousand uh, views or thousand clicks. Mm. Um, so for example, $10 per thousand uh, clicks. So if you get like 1 million uh, views or clicks, uh, then you get thousand uh, dollars. Right. It's mm. not bad. So yeah. So I guess uh, that's why, so if there's more downloads, like if it's close to 1 million downloads, then it's guaranteed to make you quite a bit of money. Right, right, right. Just for people to exist and watch. That's pretty cool, man. I mean, it's, it's pretty much the old model of TV ads, right? You just you have an audience, and exactly, and you don't want to play it every time, right? Because you know, then you lose customers or uh, players. So, do you but, uh, do you get the choice to mix up the type of ads or choose what type of ads? Like, how you can actually choose that, and not only that, you can actually um, play them whenever you like, mm. or. So you can have like, for example, five, 10 minutes uh, gap between an ad or oh. whenever it's in like a mission set, or intermission or things like that. What's the, you can set the rate for which people experience the ads. It's ten, yeah. It's yeah. Ten, so like, what's the average time that people actually stay on your, your game? Like, I, because my, my false impression is, you know, most people are, are busting these phones out, you know, at a bus stop or waiting for two, three minutes. Right. So, is there like a number that you have to uh, just test out uh, to to win the play as to get to that point where they don't just put? Well, it right now, I believe I have it at five minutes. Five minutes. Um, and well, some people would still complain, but at the same time, that's uh, <laughs> unfortunately you have to play some ads. Uh, but I thought at least for the clicker game, five minutes is reasonable. Um, if I start making more money, I guess I'll even increase that to like 10 minutes. So it would be even less. I'm, I'm sure you're getting some insights. T-cells. Yeah. I'm sure you're getting some <laughs> insights on uh, your users' habits. Anything anything surprising that you found when you were like looking at the analytics? 
of your users? Uh, well, the biggest one was like people spending a lot of money on <laughs> Netflix. <laughs> Um, did it follow like a certain like strategy it was like oh okay when they're in this level or when they're uh, they're, they died like five times I don't know how your game works sorry but like um, like something how you know at a certain point they they, you know at that point that they would usually cave well that's the thing Uh, you need to balance your game Uh, basically I use Excel to balance everything Mm. because you don't want to give out things really quickly nor uh, you know take forever to get something Right. So you got to really balance that. So it just, I just balanced it by playtesting mm-hmm. myself. I see. And just to get a, get a feel. Right? <laughs> do, do, do. All right. Got to put an ad here. <laughs> got to put an ad here. <laughs> That's pretty much it. <laughs> what I want to know is after switch. that first time you saw somebody spend a hundred dollars, right? Like yeah. that didn't make your eyes just go, Oh snap. You know? Oh shit. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, is- and the other good thing is it's actually from everywhere, not just U.S. Mm-hmm. So you see, like, all other currency types like pounds and gems. Saudi Arabia. Pretty much everything. Is, there a, so, is it, a, like, a particular personality type? Anything that you nailed down is just all types and varies of users? Well, the ages ranges from from kids to um, even adults that are, like, over 60. So <laughs> it's, like, random. So... <laughs> And I do not actually have many analytics features in it mm-hmm. yet, um, but I'm definitely that's something definitely I would uh, you know, integrate later on. All right, find those guys. Right. <laughs> well, Raka, I'd like to change up the pace, and we are on track. But I'd like to change up the pace a little bit. We're going to play a little game called the Fast Five. Are you ready to play? All right, let's do it. So how it works is I'm going to ask you five questions rapid fire, and I want five answers rapid fire. You can't take too long to think. Just tell me what's on your mind, okay? Okay. All right, here we go. Cue the music. Question number one, what is your favorite cricket team? Sri Lanka. All right. Question number two, what game may have inspired or taken a critical role in making you want to make games? Starcraft. Uh, question number three, the best tool you found as a solo game developer? Unity. <laughs> <laughs> this guy is so, so, so programming. He's like, all right, <laughs> next question. <laughs> uh, next question. What game company do you want to work for before you retire? Section. Oh, man. Nice. <laughs> Shout out to Section. Hell yeah. And the final question, sir. What is going to make you more successful, would you say? Working for yourself or working for a company? I would say both. Oh, okay. Why? At the same time. Oh, brilliant answer. (laughs) Well, in the afternoons, you know, if you have time, if you actually are dedicated, if you can spend two hours a day, every day while working, um, you can actually come up with a game. You know, you can make a game within a few months. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, you have to be dedicated, and then you can't just be lazy, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But if you're, if it's something interesting, then you would definitely spend that kind of money or time uh, to uh, you know deal with the game. Oh, I love it, man. Do you feel like your time now, like, has it? Um, of course, you're working full time now and everything, and, um, and like, how's your lifestyle? Like, when it has it changed? Well, um, it. 
doesn't have oh, well, it didn't actually change much. Uh, it's just that um, it's easier to pay off your you know, student loans mm-hmm. much faster. Now. <laughs> but it's, other it's than nice that, nothing else. <laughs> and take showers <laughs> once in a while. I like that. Um, no, I mean it didn't actually change much. Um, it's just that you would want to use. I mean, to be realistic, if you want to make more money, you have to spend that money that you get from the game to maybe hire more, you know, better, uh, you know, artists mm. and sound engineers, or at least someone who knows things better than you and then get their help. Um, so using that money, you can, you know, get the help you can, you know, you, you can, and um, right. that will definitely help out. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure you have like a lot of, um, a, a lot of thoughts that you had originally before making the dive. Like, but what sticks out, like, after two pretty successful games, uh, you're here, you know, you're working full-time at a game company. Like, what stood out um, from what you thought would happen and it, it was different when you actually did it? Well, uh, like I said, it's actually a huge risk. At the, uh, well, as an indie, if you don't have any backup plans, it's a huge risk. Mm-hmm. It's not something uh, everyone should you know, attempt, unfortunately, thing is you had to be realistic. You can't, you know, sell your house, <laughs> car, and, you know, start making games, which is still possible, but you need to be really dedicated and uh, can't give up. Um, you know, that's what everyone's saying, but unfortunately, that's true. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't, you know, give up. At the same time, you had to be realistic. So I wouldn't, uh, I would always have a backup. So if like you would actually give yourself at least a year and then see how it goes. If it doesn't work, you would, maybe get a part-time job and then still work on it. And even, even then, if you can, you know, make a good living, then you would do a full-time job and then um, spend two hours a day and then still make the game or things like that. All right, Thraka. So walk me through it, man. I'm a game designer. I right. like making games, but I'm not an engineer. I'm not an artist. Uh, definitely not a sound designer, right? How can I get started kind of making my own games? What is your suggestion besides, you know, just spend two hours? Like, is there a resource or something that you can point me towards that will kind of help someone get started who's coming from the the game design track? Like, do you have just one golden piece of advice? Like, hey, Mr. Game Designer, you should check out this. Well, uh, there's actually quite a bit of things. (laughs) Oh, yes. Thank Um, you. Oh, great. uh, (laughs) I'll sit back now. (laughs) um, Well, the first thing is actually you need to... um, select your engine, mm-hmm. uh, game engine. Mm-hmm. And the next thing is you need to know what your game is and where it's going to be on, like which platform. So those are the main questions you should ask, uh, you know, ask yourself. Um, if you, and the other thing is uh, where you will be making most, you know, uh, money from, or because if, if it's a hobby, then you don't have to think about that much. But if it's uh, to make, you know, money, then you would have to definitely think about whether, it's going to be on um, platforms like, you know, iOS, iPhones, and things like that. Mm. So that's uh, the second um, question, basically, you need to ask uh, where it's going to be on. And after that, um, I guess the next best thing to do is just design your game um, on paper uh, just to uh, see how it will pan out because nothing will, uh, you know, when it actually develops, when you actually develop the game, it'll look something completely different mm-hmm. than what you had imagined at first. So you need to actually 
make uh you know make the design docs and i'm sure uh, larry's a, a designer a game designer so he knows about all that stuff so not to add features later on in the <laughs> timeline and things like that so at least you got that design part covered which is a huge uh thing basically uh, the thing is if you actually spend a lot of time on design that would maybe uh, it'll save a lot of time later uh, when you actually develop the game uh, because you have everything um, on paper and well it can also change but at, for the most part it'll like at least the features will be locked in so nothing will you know get added mm -hmm. and uh, the next thing is uh, if you're a beginner then uh, you need to uh, learn a programming language unfortunately mm -hmm. uh, or with unity there's uh, things like playmaker so it depends it depends on how big your game is if it's really uh, detailed then unfortunately you have to uh, learn some kind of a uh, language, but in uh, Unity, it's uh, it's best if you learn C sharp. Mm -hmm. um, but um, if you, I'm not quite familiar with uh, Unreal, but um, I believe they use C plus mm -hmm. uh, So you got to you know pick which one you you would rather uh, go with. But with Unity, the the good thing is there's a huge uh, user following and so much content and asset store itself uh, might help you out, you know, with getting all the assets you need for your game. So that will save a lot of time on you getting the assets or like getting someone to make the assets or even do it, doing it by yourself. So yeah. at least that, you know, assets part are taken care of. So then you, the only thing you have to do is just use programming and then make the game the way you want, uh, you know, it to look. Like now in the, this seems to be like a, a mine a uh, field uh when it goes uh <laughs> when you you know you're talking about before the app store right uh you're talking about steam green light even valve is staying away from green light right they're trying to change that into something else is because right. it's just so much competition uh are the, uh, so like the things at least the people we talk to and at least my personal feelings is that those are still viable options if you come in with an audience but is there anything else do you feel you know maybe the answer is vr but something else that game developers can can be in the forefront and not be lost in the shuffle uh being an indie developer nowadays um well uh, i guess it's getting tougher and tougher by the day for indie devs mm -hmm. because it's so much competition not only that uh the other thing is uh it's quite uh easier to make a simple game nowadays than that uh than that was maybe 10 years ago mm -hmm. or so mm -hmm. so there's so many games out there um and generally many people would you know, like to actually make a game and also, you know, put it on the app stores and things like that. Mm -hmm. So that's why you need to actually be really careful uh, when you, you know, go into indie game uh, as a, you know, if you want to be an indie uh, game dev, um, you got to actually plan your every move, mm -hmm. uh, at least nowadays, because it's a huge risk because you don't actually end up being, you know, <laughs> homeless. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> but, um, it's always possible though uh, to be successful. Uh, it's just that I would think uh, from my experience, it, uh, some key things are you need to have a team. Um, in that way, there's actually, a, you will cut down the, the development time like by 70% or so, depending on how many, you know, how many players or how many 
uh, members of the team there are. So that will definitely help out. And always, I guess, don't hesitate to ask someone else for help because that will, I think that's like one of the key things as a game in, you know, indie dev, sometimes you feel uh, like you don't, you can't ask or you don't want to ask, things like that. But uh, I would recommend, you know, definitely getting help from either forums and actually even emailing um, game designers or game devs and see if they, you know, will help you out. Is there a number one resource that you use to ask questions? Is it the Unity uh, forums or what exactly? I um, actually used uh, forums, but um, yeah, mainly the Unity forums um, and also Google itself Google. <laughs> because most of the questions were already been asked. So I just searched for it and uh, uh, most of the time they're uh, out there. Mm -hmm. So that definitely helped out. Have you... Nice. Uh, ever attended community events for indie developers? Is that of interest to you at all? Or um, I actually did go to one of the uh, events, just a simple uh, uh, get together. Um, uh, so they were actually, you know, showing new features and things like that. So I did actually go there, and um, that kind of uh, showed me what others are working on and things like that. Uh, but at the same time. Uh, I was actually developing uh, the game itself, so um, I didn't have much time because um, I was actually full-time working on the game. So uh, I, I tend to use more forums and just um, websites for most of the help. Mm -hmm. All right, Duraka. So when I was interested in doing apps and game developments, I guess this was like maybe eight years ago. The golden rule was like, if you're going to sell your app, you know, go on the iTunes store because everyone was afraid that on the Android store, if you had something for sale, people wouldn't buy it or they'd find a way to crack it and make it free. Uh, I guess, what's your approach when considering developing your software for the app and game market today? Um, at least for my games, um, I guess uh, I made more uh, revenue uh, from Google App Store than mm -hmm. iTunes. And both games are well, are actually free and it's free on both markets. But for some reason, I was actually making more money uh, on uh, Google App Store, um, mainly due to uh, the ads. And actually there's a lot of um, users um, from all over the uh, place that actually uses you know, Android. Um, so at least for my game, I've been able to you know, get more revenue off of uh, Google App Store than iTunes, but I was actually expecting the other way around, but it didn't actually work out. Yeah. Uh, that's, uh, well, hey, I'm assuming you lateral pretty quickly, right? Oh yeah, definitely. Um, well, um, well, the thing is, uh, first I released uh, you know, the game on Google App Store. Mm -hmm. So uh, I got to see how it worked out. And then, you know, after releasing it on iTunes, at first it did okay, but the thing is um, with iTunes, um, it just, uh, you know, it just disappears right away mm -hmm. <laughs> because there's so much competition. Oh, so man. without marketing, uh, unfortunately, you know, it, it will not, uh, you know, work out like 90% of the time, unfortunately. <laughs> but, um, you know, who knows, it, you know, you might get lucky, so. So if you're getting started, 
make a free game and go on the Google store because you actually have a better chance of getting seen and, you know, free is just the way to go. And you don't have to take the risk of making a paid product on the iTunes store. I actually haven't sold anything, um, on app, you know, on the app store, like for money, filthy iPhone users. Yeah. (laughs) It's been free. So I guess, um, for free apps, um, you definitely need like, um, well, it needs to be popular. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. So if it's uh, at least, well, the thing is every day, I think there's thousands of games releasing um, on on both app stores actually. Mm-hmm. So, so there's actually, that's the thing you need to have some kind of like marketing methods uh, yeah. with other games or like using or Facebook or just telling your friends and uh, you know, and they're telling their friends and so on. I've always said, if you want to see day one sales, you have to have people already knowing that your game or app exists on the app store when you release it. Exactly. Otherwise, yeah. you get like 10 mm-hmm. and then it's already gone off the home screen. That's true. Yeah. You definitely need a huge following beforehand, mm-hmm. before you release. Is, is there a reason why the Google Play Store worked better for you than the app store that you can peg down? Um. Maybe I'm thinking um, probably uh, it's quite hard to tell, but uh, I'm guessing uh, it might be the graphic style, how, you know, how it should be, how polished it should be, Mm -hmm. things like that. Because usually uh, iTunes uh, tend to have very polished uh, games. Mm. Um, So I guess artists, well, graphically, for example, uh, it needs to be really nice looking. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, you have no idea. If you, it's just uh, maybe the luck or, you know, how it, you know, it's just the timing of your release mm-hmm. and things like that. And, and the competition. Mm-hmm. It's that one guy at Apple that you got to know. <laughs> Send an email. <laughs> Send an email. Please put me in the top 10, please. <laughs> make it you know featured (laughs) (laughs) well Taraka if there was one thing about you know what app developers and game developers have to go through as far as the submission process or the marketing or is there one key like pain in the butt (laughs) that you have to deal with regardless of either story you just think like this is the one thing that holds me back as an app developer or a game developer the main thing is the critical thing is basically implementing uh, all those other features that is not actually a game itself. Mm. For example, um, in-app purchases, uh, Facebook, mm. Twitter, all those features that you you know integrate into your game mm. uh, are not. It's not actually something fun to do, but you definitely have to. So that's something I would. <laughs> I, I'm kind of reluctant on doing, but at the same time, that that's how you will uh, make revenue. Mm-hmm. Mm. I wonder if it's worth starting a company that just does like integration. Like, hey, we just add the social stuff I'm to sure, your game. I'm sure there is. Just give us a I cut. Like a third, party, yeah. third party <laughs> plugins or something or oh. out of the box. I mean, like uh, being being in that scene for a while, uh, I'm sure you made some friends, right? Uh, I, I, and you've been pretty fortunate but have you seen situations where you you were kind of like uh you shouldn't do that or uh, i wish you the best type of thing (laughs) well um warnings out there for the other guys well i guess uh (laughs) 
are, I've seen that actually many games um, that did not actually you know go well. Mm-hmm. Um, like for example, Kickstarter. I've seen some games that are on there that uh, didn't look as polished as it should. Mm-hmm. Um, things like that, which uh, unfortunately. You know, you need to show something that will, you know, uh, attract people mm-hmm. uh, to your game. So it needs to be the best possible thing that you you can actually make. Um, so if it's actually kind of uh, glitchy or if the graphics isn't up to par, then it's going to be tough. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's always hard to say no to your friends doing a Kickstarter. <laughs> yeah, you gotta subscribe or um Brandon's like, it's so hard to do but i figure it out every I'll time i'll figure it out every time I was like, oh yeah i'll try i'll show your kickstarter yeah <laughs> i pledged man i pledged yeah I, you know anonymous i don't want to i donate anonymously i pledged you didn't get my donation what was the last one you got oh 19 yeah that was me that was me but there's only one yeah oh must be broken set's broken yeah it's a like i'm definitely you know it's a weird time now nowadays um we're, both Larry and I are seeing our coworkers really succeeding in the indie space, like doing really well, making a living off of it. Um, we're, so we're definitely seeing that more often than it was two years ago. So hopefully, you know, this is a pattern that, that just continues to, to grow because we love the fact that our friends are able to do what they want and having fun doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, at the same time, the flip side of that, you know, since you're starting to see success, you're like, oh, maybe I'll, I'll I'll give it a try. But you know, for every success story, there's a hundred failed or a thousand failed. It's it's always like that that risk, like you said. Even right, though it's exactly. so it's so it's like a siren, man. It's like it's so attractive, but I know it's tough. It's it's got it's it's supposed to be tough to, for for people to be successful. Otherwise, everybody'd be successful. Exactly. Um, and the best thing as an indie is to actually make more than one game. Mm, yeah. <laughs> and it's that thing, yeah. it's one of the key things because at least one will, uh, you know, be successful. Not only that, you can actually, you know, cross market, you know, your own games within other apps. So it will take some time, but still it's bound to be uh, successful. Yeah. It's the time that people, I think, uh, fail at where they don't keep trying. They they have two games uh, in their pockets and they might go as far as that. Some most people would go for one, right? Uh, I see that a lot with, uh, I, I guess, veterans uh, where you know they've been in the industry for a while, so they they feel like they know what they're doing. But you know, the indie scene is a whole different thing. You gotta you can be the boss of yourself on top of doing the job that you you hated the people doing that job beforehand right now you're that person and so it's difficult that's true um the thing is with you know being an indie is that you got to be kind of clever uh you got to actually know what you want Mm -hmm. out of it Mm -hmm. uh whether it's a hobby or whether you want to make money Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah. things like that so uh, if you are actually want to make money then you have to be kind of strategic uh, of, for example, you know, make many games as you can, 
and make them quickly as possible too. But at the same time, you have to make things that are appealing to uh, people, not just clones of other things or just basic button click games or, you know, things very trivial. Mm -hmm. But, you know, who knows? They might actually, you know, work out well too. <laughs> so you never know. But at least once you have like a, like maybe 10, 20 games, um, well, at least one will be successful. At the same time, you can always market, you know, your other games with all the other games uh, in your belt. So that way, you know, you can actually see, you know, the growth in downloads and probably when, you know, getting more revenue. Do you have a word of advice to uh, anyone that is starting to think about this? Um, you know, like like measures where they should uh, pace themselves to, like little rules that you set maybe for yourself where you think like, all right, you know, do one if you can do one, two, and three, you, you got what it takes, but uh, you don't have to waste a whole year of savings to do it, right? <laughs> right, right. Like, let's figure it um, out in the next uh, two days, right? <laughs> if you have right, right. what it takes. So, um, I think the first thing uh, that I didn't have was uh, a team, a team that was actually in, well, want to work just like you, basically. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, a group that actually want to uh, make a game and they're all dedicated. Um, so, that's one of the key things that I didn't have. So, that will def definitely you know, help you out in the process of making game. Mm -hmm. um, that, and the other thing is actually the, you know, money, the savings. So you had to uh, set yourself maybe three months and see how the game goes up to that point. And if you, unfortunately, if you can, you know, make um, good, um, well, good, good enough uh, progress, then you might want to actually, you know, get a part-time job or uh, then still work on it and things like that. So, um, I would say it's definitely doable, um, but you have to be realistic uh, at the same time, um, you know, being more, I guess, dedicated to, uh, you know, making the game. So there's two, a few factors, um, being realistic and also being able to do the, you know, uh, deal with it. Mm -hmm. And what about improving your skills in the other areas, right? So like, sure, you come to the table already being an engineer, but you've done art, you know, you've done sound design, you've done game design, you know, like, do you have any advice on the growth, I guess, in those areas as a solo as well? Well, uh, for me, since I uh, did most of those work uh, by myself, uh, at least the art uh, stuff, it's been sort of fun. It's a good break from all the engineering or programming stuff, which I kind of enjoyed. Um, so basically what I did was I made a list of assets that I need to make. So every time I'm done with a big feature on programming side, I just, you know, take a break by making them, you know, making assets on, um, I was actually using inks, Inkscape. That's a free tool, mm -hmm. uh, to make uh, graphic, uh, related stuff. So like the UI elements and, uh, the trains and things like that. So even for that, I had to learn, you know, how to make them, you know, <laughs> look up, you know, video tutorials and things like that. So, but it's, it's actually rewarding once you actually see something that you made um, that, you know, actually, uh, it, it's actually pretty rewarding when you actually see uh, your work uh, being played on, you know, on a device or something. Mm -hmm. You learn about yourself a lot. 
(laughs) (laughs) Definitely, yeah. Um, So I guess it's definitely uh, doable. Um, So like, for example, if you switch between uh, different um, processes, like art and sound engineering, sound design, those are actually, those will definitely help you out too. Because one thing is you're um, changing your, um, you know, focus. Because sometimes, you know, when you're tired with programming, you just want to do something else. And then if you actually work on some artwork or sound uh, design, then that, then you are actually keep the ball ro- rolling. Uh, at the same time, you're not that stressful. Mm. Well, Tharaka, what's uh, something that you're looking forward to yourself in your indie development career? Um, definitely making uh, a few games that are really successful. Um, success meaning pe- people that would definitely enjoy, mm-hmm. uh, not so much money, but um, like more downloads. Mm-hmm. Okay. But technically that means more money too. <laughs> <laughs> and like you said at the beginning of the podcast, the ads go away when more people download. <laughs> exactly. That, that's the thing. Help Unfortunately, me. as an indie, Help it's hard to do right away. But yeah. um, as you get more money, I guess it's easier to just you know remove the ads completely. Mm-hmm. Dude, you're so gracious, man. I hope that trend continues. Like game developers saying, you know what? I've made enough money. I'm just going to go ahead and just remove the ads. You know, free games for everyone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want World of Warcraft to do that. Like, yeah, how many billions have we made? Yeah, you know what, guys? It's just free. free. <laughs> just Yeah played well the rock on brandon i hate to do it to you guys but i'm looking at my watch and it says we've been podcasting for 59 minutes and 50 seconds and that is close enough to the time to say the rock you have officially made it wait i'll just wait four three two one the rock you've officially made it to the end of the podcast and so what that means is brandon and i are going to be quiet and we're going to give you an opportunity to talk directly to our audience to promote to raise awareness for and a shout out something that you're really excited about something that you're involved in or something that you think our audience just needs to know about and uh without further ado my good sir the floor is yours all right um I, i'd like to actually thank um unity uh for making me you know be able to um all this money making me able to uh, actually make uh, a game and you know release on you know release it on uh different app stores um because that you know once you actually make something um and when you see it and when you see other people enjoy it it's actually a very rewarding uh, feeling so i would definitely like to thank uh, unity for uh letting uh you know myself or any, all the other uh indie devs and even triple a uh, studios um to be able to you know make games make really quality games um without you know much of a hassle amen uh how about yourself or your games anything else um, well, if you guys want to check it out, um, my the most recent one it's called Train Clicker Evolution. Uh, it's on app, uh, both app stores. Um, you guys can you know check it out. It's a pretty straightforward clicker game, but uh, there's many features to it. Um, there's um, yeah, lots of things you can um, do. This it's already have about 150,000 downloads, so many people are actually enjoying. So you guys can check it out and uh, hope you guys actually enjoy it.
All right. Well, I know what I'm going to be doing for the next hour and a half. So without further ado, from me to you, I wish you good night. This is Brandon Pam. Thank, Thank you for joining us. See you guys next week. Thank you, guys. Thank you for having me. If you enjoyed this podcast and you want to stay in touch or continue to follow our developments, then you need to go to facebook.com forward slash game dev unchained and drop a like and stay in touch. You can also get the direct feed for this podcast on soundcloud.com forward slash game dev unchained.